0: You know, we have been in the process in the last few months of placing leaders within our congregation, our nominating team and then our deacon process, which you are voting on today. But I want to read a scripture to you when Jesus was talking to his disciples about how to pray. When you go to Matthew chapter 6 and you go to verse 9, Jesus says this, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You know, one of the things I want to stop right there, and I just want to tell you that one of the things I believe we need to pray about consistently is for God's kingdom to come on this earth as it is in heaven. And when we pray for that, you know, a lot of people think, oh, we've got to wait till we, we die and get to heaven, or the Lord comes back and takes us to heaven before we can ever see the power and the strength. Of God's kingdom. But Jesus said to his disciples, pray that his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. And when we talk about leadership and we talk about those who are going to be leading us, one of the things that we want more than anything is for the will of God and the direction of God to take place for his kingdom to take fulfillment. So we're very proud of the eight gentlemen who have allow themselves to uh, be nominated as deacon, today we've got to choose from four. And you've got eight truly good men who are faithful to this church. And one of the things that you, you know, it would be easy for all of us to do is vote on all eight of them. But uh, we, we have four positions open in our deacon uh, uh, roles. And so today's one of those days. Let's pray for God's will, God's kingdom and God's work to be done in this church.
1: Um, Did everybody get a ballot? That's the main function I'm up here for, to be sure you have an opportunity. If you don't, we can get you one. And all you have to do is pick four, as the pastor just said, and put those in the offering plates as you leave today. And i got to tell you, I've been here a long time, and this is about a good lineup right here of eight guys that you can't go wrong with. And um, I know they will serve well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we are in your house today. We thank you that you enabled us to be here today to worship and study your word. Become wiser, because the book of the Bible is the book of wisdom. Lord, we thank you for these men who agreed to be on this ballot today. We know that only four out of eight will be uh, voted for to, to get on the board of deacons. Lord, but we know that they all have capabilities to serve you and have been serving you in this church and your kingdom here on this earth. Lord, we thank you for them. We thank you for our pastor and, and Scott and all the pastoral staff and down to all the folks that, that make this church work from the day-to-day things. And we thank you for them. We pray that you would bless them and guide them and keep them safe. Thank you for this country that we live in, Lord. We seem to be in difficult times. We pray, Lord, that uh, that you would watch over us and guide us and help us to to lead and to represent you here on this earth as, as our time is here and and that folks will look at us and say there's something different about that person. We pray for this world that we live in in our country. We pray the Holy Spirit would invade this world and that we look forward to the day one day. We'll be with you in heaven. We pray, Lord, that you would be with this service today, this morning that your word would be spoken, that your praise would be sung. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Thank you, choir. By the way, the choir meets here on Sunday afternoons at 5 o'clock. We'd love to have some of you come and join us. We're going to continue to lift the name of Jesus today as we sing a modern hymn that we've sung before. Lift high the name of Jesus. Will you stand together as we sing?
3: mistakes. What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your grace. And my story isn't over. My story's just begun. Failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. No, failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. Who? in the room, and failure's never final, when the father's in the room, Ooh, lay your burdens down. In the room. Prison doors swing wide. The dead come to life.
2: Amen. Please remain standing for the reading of the word of God as Brother Haskell Sexton
0: comes.
4: Good morning. Today is Matthew 13, 1 through 9, the parable of the sower. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that when he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things to them, unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell on the good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear.
0: Well, good morning, everyone. About two weeks ago, I also shared that same passage of Scripture that was just read to you about the parable of the sower. But yet, the focus of the message two weeks ago was not about the sower, but it was about good wheat and bad wheat. And we reflected back over and read in the passage of Scripture that was just read to you about the sower and the seed, about how the sower went out, and as he threw seed out, some fell among hard soil, some fell among shallow soil, some fell in good soil, but it sprung up and the weeds choked it off, and then... Some fell into good soil, and Jesus said that 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 fell into good soil produced 160, 30 times themselves. And then we went into talking about what Jesus was talking about in these parables. And we skipped down, and we went to verses 16, and then we went in and we talked about the wheat and the weeds and all of that. But yet there's a key passage of Scripture As Jesus is telling these two parables about the sower and the seed, about the wheat and the weeds, that many times it's overlooked. And I think it's hard for us to understand the Word of God when we skip around and we really don't see God's Word in its fullness and its completeness. And so one of the things I want you to do, I hope you have your Bible with you, open up to uh, chapter 13 in Matthew. I want to begin... Right after that passage that was just read to you, it went through verses 1-9, through 9, then verse 10 happens and it, it reads like this, then the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to people in parables? And when you read the gospel of Matthew chapter 13, you're going to see many, many, many times that Jesus was speaking in parables. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and you walked away from them and you thought, I have absolutely no idea what they were just talking about? Have you ever had that happen to you? Man, i tell you what, I remember being in a professor's class one time, and this was an Old Testament class, and uh, I won't give you the name of this professor. I don't want to embarrass myself or anybody, but I was there, and uh, I remember sitting in the class, and the professor got up, and we were in the Old Testament book of Exodus, and he started a dissertation almost on the Old Testament of Exodus, and as he was going through it, we sat there for about an hour, and I got up with one of my buddies, and we were walking out in the hallway, and I turned to my pal, and I said, do you have any idea what we just heard? And he said, nope. I didn't me either." And we had to kind of get used to sort of listening to this particular professor, the way he taught and the way he said things. But one of the things we need to know is that Jesus had intentionality in the way he taught. There was purpose in the way he talked. And when he told these parables, these parables that we talked about for the last few weeks, and we got a couple more after today, and we're going to conclude these seven parables that we've been through. But as we have gone through these parables and we have talked about them, one of the things that we have seen is a definition of how Jesus went through clearly and told what these parables were all about. We've been able to break them down and to understand them. But before Jesus explained this particular parable, and if you really want to see how He defines that, you skip down to verse 18 after you've read this parable, and then it says this, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. And then Jesus goes in and He says, anyone who hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown on the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. That's the second seed. The third seed Jesus went in and he said, and when trouble or persecution, well he's still talking about the second one here, when trouble or persecution come. Because of the word, they quickly fall away. And then the third seed, in verse 22, he said, The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word out, making it unfruitful. And then he says that last seed, that last 24% of the seed that goes out, They produce some 30 times themselves, some 60 times themselves, some 100 times themselves. How is it that we can hear the Word of God, but yet we do not understand the Word of God? Well, Jesus, as He was telling that story and then He explained it, Right prior to that, in verses 10 and following, and these are the verses that I want you to focus on with me today, is verses 10 through 16, there in chapter 13 of the Gospel of Matthew, where Jesus is going to go in and He's going to tell you why we don't hear the Word of God, why we don't understand the Word of God, and why parables mean nothing to some people, and why parables meant nothing nothing to some of the people who were hearing Jesus speak. You know, I find that hard to to believe and understand. Would you not believe that if Jesus was in this room and that He was teaching that all of us would hear what He had to say? We would understand what He had to say? But yet there were many people when they heard Jesus teach, they didn't understand Him, they didn't like Him, they didn't want to go along with what He was saying, and so they just kind of brushed Him off to the side. And so in verse 10, the disciples came to him and they asked, why do you speak to people in parables? Why do you keep doing this? And this is not only the, the first time that Jesus is going to explain this, but two weeks ago when I was talking to you about the wheat and the tares, the Scripture tells us over in verses 36 through 43 that Jesus had to explain that parable to them. So when you look at the Gospel of Matthew, you'll see in verses 18 through 23 and verses 30, 6 through 43 that Jesus spends a lot of time explaining to people what his parables were about but between this first parable that he tells us about and the explanation Jesus wants us to understand that not everyone is going to hear the word of god he replied When when they came to Him and asked Him about why does He speak in parables, verse 11, He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. And whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. And whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. So Jesus is laying it out to them, and He's saying, there's some people who are going to want to hear what I have to say. You know, there will be some people who will go to church today. They're not going to want to hear what the Lord has to say. They're going to go, and they're wondering, okay, what's the choir going to sing? What hymn are we going to sing? What kind of fiery sermon is the pastor going to give today? What is it that I'm going to learn from that? They're never going into those worship services with one simple question. What is God Almighty going to say to me today? Now I want to ask you a question, and I want you to ponder this with me for just a minute. Did you come to this service today with that thought in mind? Did you come here to to hear a good song, which you've already heard? Did you come here to sing a good hymn, which you've already done? Did you come here to hear the Scripture reading, which you've already heard? Did you come here to hear me preach? I, I, I don't know. Some of you may. Some of you may not have been expecting much out of me today. But why did you come here today? What, what was the reason for you coming here today? And the simple question is this. Did you come here today expecting to hear one single thing from God? You know, I've got to tell you that I have. there have been occasions in my life where I've gone to worship services and I've been part of events and they were supposed to be focusing on God's Word, what God has to say, and I've walked out of those places. And I've got to tell you, there have been times that I've walked out of church I didn't hear a single thing from the Lord. Why? Because I was preoccupied with my mind and my thoughts, what I wanted, where I wanted to go. And Jesus was saying to these early believers when he told this parable, the disciples wanted to know, Lord, why are you doing this? Why are you uh, pushing us to a point to where our minds are having to be taxed a little bit, where we're having to think a little bit about what you're saying? And Jesus turned it around to him and he said this, because some of you are going to want to hear what God has to say, and some of you do not really care about what God has to say. Did you come to this place today wanting to hear from God? Did you come to this place today wanting to hear the voice of God speak to you? And did you hope that you would leave this place with an understanding greater in your life because you encountered God? Not because you encountered the choir. Not because you encountered other people. But you encountered God. Is there that moment? And Jesus, when he was asked, why do you speak in parables, his response to them, because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven wants to be given out, but there are some people who do not want to receive it. There are some people who are closed-minded to that. But he goes on and he says this, those seeing they do not see, this is in verse 13, this is why I speak to them in parables. Those seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. So once again, Jesus is going to turn and He's going to use the Old Testament. You remember last week when we talked about the parables? And we were talking about the Samaritan, and I took you to the book of Second Chronicles, and how we looked at what Chronicles was telling us about the Samaritan. Jesus used the Old Testament a lot with these ones that were wanting to hear the Word of God, because Jesus said that He did not come to do away with the law, the Old Testament, but to fulfill the law to fulfill the Old Testament. Everything that is taught to us in the Old Testament, Jesus came into this world to fulfill the truths of the Old Testament and also to teach us what He was trying to teach us through His teachings. And so as He's teaching to these these disciples that came to Him and said, Lord, why are You telling us these things in parables? He takes them to the book of Isaiah. And in Isaiah, in Matthew 13, verse 14, it says this, In in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. What was it that Isaiah had to say about these things, about parables, and the truth of God, and the understanding of God? Isaiah said this. He heard these words. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. I want to stop right there for just a moment. You ever been in a conversation, and as you're in the conversation you know, your your hearing just kind of turns off. I have that happen to me on many occasions. In fact, there have been many times in my life that I have been engaged in a conversation with members of my family. My wife and my kids can all tell you this. And as I'm looking at them, all of a sudden there's a fog that comes over my eyes and I am no longer listening to what they have to say. And occasionally I'll have one of them say, Dad, are you there? Hey, connect with me now. Occasionally I have Shelly said, you didn't hear a thing I just said, did you? I said, oh yeah, I heard it. She said, you are not telling the truth. You didn't hear a thing that I just said. So it is with God that we'll come to church and we'll go through all of this and you'll go through this worship service today and you'll walk out of here and you might have come in here with good intentions to hear God, but the fog kind of went up in front of your soul, in front of your eyes. And this is where it gets real interesting with Isaiah and what Jesus was saying because there were three things that Jesus is going to point out to us that Isaiah says it's how we encounter God and how we learn from God and how we can understand the parables Listen to this. You will be even hearing but never understanding. Verse 14, you will be ever seeing but never per- perceiving. For this people's heart has come become callous. They they hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes otherwise they might see with their eyes hear with their ears understand with their heart and turn, and I'll heal them. So Jesus is saying that Isaiah says that if we truly want to hear the Word of God, if we really want to hear what Jesus is saying, and Jesus was saying this to His disciples. First of all, He said this in Isaiah, those verses 14 through 15 that I just read to you, there are eyes, there are ears, and there is a heart. Some of us, I, I tell you, you know, one of the things, and, and I've, really, I, I've really, I don't know what this is saying about me, but I've sort of abandoned social media in a lot of ways. I've really pulled back from it. It's really wearing me out, y'all. I mean swear me out. These cell phones, it is absolutely phenomenal how it's a wonderful tool in our hands. But how our eyes just get locked into those things. Y'all been in the restaurant, y'all have seen it, I've shared the stories with you many times. How you go into a restaurant and people are sitting there to have dinner with one another, and while they're eating, they've got their phone and they're not even looking at one another. Their eyes have been drawn to something other than one another. And I want to ask you something. When you walked into this place, were your eyes open to see what God was going to do here today? Were your eyes open to the faces of the choir as they were singing to us this morning? Were your eyes open to folks that are here with you? I mean, did you see anything here that has anything to do with, with the Lord? Isaiah is saying that the Lord can open up our eyes And we can see a lot of things around us. But too often we are drawn to the evil and the wickedness of this world and that is all we're seeing. And we cannot see goodness. I'll tell you something. If tonight's a good clear night, and I don't know if the moon's supposed to be out tonight. Some of you may know. I don't know. But if it's not, that's okay. But here's what I want to challenge you to do tonight. If it's a good dark night, I want you to go out tonight. I want you to get away from as many lights as you can. And I want you to... You can even take your glasses off and see this. I want you to stare up into the heavens. And as you stare up into the heavens tonight, and you keep staring up into the heavens, you're going to see a star. And then if you keep looking, you're going to see another one. And then you're going to start seeing some planets. And then all of a sudden, you're going to see multitudes of lights that you could not see because... If you're not staring at it, if you're not focusing on it, if your eyes aren't set on it, you will not see it. You'll just walk to your car. And it looks like a good night. You see a few stars here and there. But if you'll go out tonight and you will just gaze up into the galaxy, you will see things that you cannot see unless your eyes are willing to focus on them. Yeah, That's the way it is spiritually. Some of you are kind of wondering, well, what's going on in our church? Well, where are your eyes when it comes to looking at what God is doing? What God is showing us, the things that He puts before us. Oh, no, you can't see what God's doing because your eyes are too focused on what you see and what you understand. But when we open up our eyes and we allow the Holy Spirit of God to speak to us, you see, this is what parables are all about. He's he's telling them a very simple story with a very deep meaning. And when we come to church, I, I may not, you may come in here and you may hear something from me and you may not, but there may be a very simple message that God wants you to open your eyes to. And that's one of the reasons why, listen to me, why it is so important for you to hold the Word of God in your hand and to look at God's Word, and to flip through God's Word, and to concentrate on God's Word. Look, those cell phones are okay, but I want to tell you something. There's something about holding the Word of God in your hand, and looking at it, and seeing God's words. And Jesus was trying to get those early believers, those early disciples, to remember what? He went back to Isaiah. Why? Because the disciples had seen the words of Isaiah. They knew what Isaiah said. And when he, he started quoting Isaiah, all of a sudden the things that they had seen with their eyes began to trigger in their mind and in their heart. And so it is extremely important for us to keep God's word in front of us and to study it. Listen, there's nothing wrong with cell phones. there's nothing wrong with your computers. Those are okay. But one of the things I you know, uh, one of our it was Alex sent us a text message just just the other day, and he had found a Bible that was Shelley's. I think it was yours from child from childhood, and Alex had Shelley's older Bible. And he was taking pictures of it and sending it to us. And as we were talking about it, Shelley's memories began to flow through her mind of passages of Scripture that she had marked in that Bible that she didn't have in her hand, but our child had it in his hand. He had found it in a box, a storage box there at the house that he's living in. And, and, and there it was, the Word of God, the solid Word of God. Listen to me. I want to encourage every one of you. dust off the Bible and bring it with you to church. I'm not going to trick you with anything, but I, I want you to get in God's Word and I want you to see it. And I want you to understand it and I want you to dive into God's Word. And when you see it with your eyes, let me tell you something. It brings us to the next point that Isaiah was saying, is that we will hear it with our ears. When we see it with our eyes, our ears are going to be open. You, you know, and, and this is probably a little bit rough, but a lot of people today are dealing with spiritual earwax. They need to get it out of their ears. They need to get they they need to clean their minds and their and the things that you're hearing today. The things that you're listening to on the radio. I, I was sitting outside with Shelly yesterday. And I was going to l- let her listen to something I'd been listening to. She said, I don't want to hear that. And you know, after she said that, she said, you know, that's pretty good advice. I don't want to hear this. And so I turned it off. And there are things that we can hear. There are things that can come not only into our eyes but also into our ears that can absolutely cloud the voice of God. We can't hear Him. We can't understand Him. Because we've got so much other junk going on in in our minds, you know. One of the best things that happens to me is when I, you know, I get on the road and uh, I head up toward the mountains to go see my mom. One of the best things that happens to me if there is nothing playing on my radio in my car. Y'all ever have that happen? You get in there and you're traveling. You're going up through the mountains, and or you're traveling somewhere you like, or you're just going to see somebody. And there's no noise coming at your ears from this world. And then all of a sudden, your eyes get opened up. You know, as I'm going up 221, and I'm headed up toward Mary, and I start looking at these mountains, and I notice there's a little hint of tint. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself of winter on the way, fall on the way. Because I saw a few little shades and some trees. I thought, okay, they're getting ready. We're about to see something here. And when our eyes are opened up to that, and then our ears are opened up, we don't have this noise and this just junk coming into our head all the time of things that are on the radio, things that are on the news that are just quiet in our mind. But our ears are opened up and our eyes are opened up. And the fullness of God, and you know one of the things I believe about your eyes and your ears is they are directly connected to your soul. The things that feed your soul come from your eyes And your ears. And so this week, I want you to try this. I want you to try finding those moments when Jesus told his disciples how to pray. He told them to find a quiet place to pray, to pull themselves away from the busyness of the world. And so Isaiah, as Jesus is quoting Isaiah, he's saying to them, let your eyes be open, let your ears be open, because there are some people whose eyes aren't open, their ears aren't open, and that brings us to the last point that Isaiah talks about, and he says this, otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and turn, and I will heal them. So Isaiah Jesus is quoting Isaiah and Isaiah is simply saying if we will open up our eyes and we will open up our ears to the Lord, He will change our heart. And when He changes our heart, He will turn us in the right direction of life. The Word of God. The parables of Jesus. What I hold in my hand I have no greater resource for you as your pastor. There's not any book that I've read. There's not any article that I've come across. There's not any person that I know of that can give you the things that God's Word can give you. And the parables of teaching, there are many parables in the Old Testament and the New Testament alike. The teachings, the deep understandings, when we talk about parables, I remember I believe it was Shelley's dad said that parables are basically an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So that when we read these earthly stories, there's something much deeper to these parables that the Lord Jesus is warning His disciples to hear. But He knows this, there's some people not willing to hear it. There's some people that are not willing to look. There's not some people that are willing to hear, and their hearts are not in the right place. But if we truly want to hear God's Word for us today, this is the beginning part, our hearts. Where is our heart? How much do you love Jesus today? How much time have you spent with Him? How much time have you tried to look upon His Word and to listen to His voice as He speaks to you? Because I will tell you one thing, and I will make you a promise. If you will delve into God's Word, and I'm not suggesting that you go to the book of Genesis and try to read all the way through the Revelation of John. Why don't you just start with something like the Gospel of Mark? A very short book. And just just read what it is that Jesus is all about. And then when you read Mark, Matthew's going to make a lot more sense. Luke, John, all of those Gospels where Jesus is teaching His disciples. And this writing in red, that's another thing I want to encourage you. This book of mine, I've got writing in red. And when I see those red letters, I know who said it. I know who spoke it. And when I look at those red letters and I see those things that Jesus Christ has said, He opens my eyes, He opens my ears, and He opens my heart. And that's what the parables of Jesus should be about for you and for me. That our eyes and our ears and our hearts should be opened up. And if we do not come into God's house and hear the teachings of Jesus, and our lives are not changed, and we walk out that door and our lives are the same, then our eyes have been closed, our ears have been stuffed, stuffed up, and our hearts have been completely closed. But if we are willing to hear God speak to us today, it starts with your heart. And if you're here today, and you have never ever given your life to Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, I want to say something to you. Your eyes are hurting. Your ears are hurting. Are hurting. But if you will give that heart of yours to Jesus Christ, as Jesus was saying to these early disciples, and he was explaining what parables were all about, if you will give your heart to God, your ears will be open to the kingdom of God. Your eyes will be open to the kingdom of God, but your ears and eyes will also be open on how to raise your kids, how to make your marriage work how to do well in business and do it in an honest way because the Word of God will be feeding on you when you when you delve into God's Word and you practice God's Word and you study God's Word and you hide God's Word in your heart. When you are willing to listen to our Lord and Savior, you open your heart up, it will affect your eyes and your ears and everything you see and hear in life. And I'll tell you this, it will also encourage you when this world throws its junk at you, you've already heard and you've already seen and you've already felt an Almighty God at work in your life. When you know that and when you understand that, you're going to be able to understand the parables, you're going to be able to understand the teachings of Jesus, and you're going to be able to lead a victorious life in a world that is absolutely defeated in many ways. When we pray, that passage of scripture that I prayed at the beginning of this service, you need, I'm sure many of you have it memorized. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on this earth as it is in heaven. We pray for the power of God and the strength of God to reign in this earth, not mankind, not some political uh, uh, ideology. But we pray for God's kingdom to come on this earth as it is in heaven. And when our eyes and our ears are open to His power and His strength and we understand that, then we're going to also understand it because it's going to be in our heart. And we know who's in control. And we know who is the master of all. Because He has spoken truth to every one of us who are called His children. That is the Word of God. So, Father in Heaven, we come to You today thanking You for the solid teaching of Your Word. I thank You for the parables that Jesus has shared with us in these last few weeks. In the next two weeks, as we conclude this series, I pray that every single one of us will be thinking deeply, deep and wide, are we listening to You, Lord? Are we wanting to hear Your Word? Are we wanting to hear what God's Word has to say? And are we in Your Word? So, Lord, I pray for the Christians who are here. I pray that this week will be a good week with them where they will be in the Word. I pray that they will read it, that we will all read it and study it and hide it in our heart. That You will open up our eyes and You will open up our ears. And, Lord, when that happens, our hearts will become stronger. But Lord, if there's anyone here that hasn't received Christ as Lord and Savior, I pray today they'll do that so they can understand what I'm talking about. And for the Christians here, Lord, give them courage to live in the days that we have before us. In the next few days, in the next few weeks, and even in the rest of this year, Lord, we are destined for turbulent times. But Lord, I do believe this. You are the Creator of all and You are the Lord of this earth. And when we trust You and believe in You and call on Your name, there is strength. So bless us all, Lord, to have faith in You and to listen carefully to Your words that we may understand the parables. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, I make this prayer. Amen.
2: Would you stand with us and sing? And if you have made a decision for Christ today, or you need to speak with our pastor anyway, he'll be in the front lobby. Let's sing together. you. Mm-hmm. Are you glad you've been here today? I sure am. Don't you want his words to ring in your, in your eyes and your ears and your heart? So that when we leave this place today, you know, we have a sign out there uh, that says, uh, You are now entering the mission field. And if we take this to heart today, if we keep his word close to us all the time, we'll have something to tell him out there. Amen. Amen. As you're leaving today, there are going to be a bunch of good-looking men at the doors. And uh, we're not voting on that today. We're just saying that they are good-looking men at the door. And as you're leaving, uh, you may give them uh, any offerings that you have. There's also, if you're not comfortable with that, going out under the portico, there's black boxes on the wall that you can drop them in. uh, Give them your ballots, those of you who voted for deacons today. And we'll look forward to seeing you again next time. Let's pray together. Father, how wonderful it is to come into this place to sing your praises, to fall on our knees before you because you are our glory and our prize. Lord, I pray today that as we have heard the word that it won't be something we've just heard but that we digest it and we live it so that as we go, your word continues in our lives. We love you, Father. I pray that today you've been Lift it up that you found pleasure in our offerings of worship. We love you. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.